0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host, thank you for joining me. I hope you're well, I hope all is good with your world. Yeah, yesterday I did a musing about this song by Chandler Moore, talking about He Understands. And I've had the song on a loop, you know, all like 24, almost 48 hours now, and more i listen to it sometimes it makes me a little bit sad because because it just makes me think about a lot of things it makes me think about how god has been there for me it makes me you know he has turned out to be the most dependable person in my life and why it makes me feel sad is because you just realize that you know i mean i see some people who have such wonderful family relationships as in you know they have people they can really really bank on in their lives and I'm like wow you don't know how precious that is because some of us wow you know we've the kind of betrayal that we've experienced you know has been has been phenomenal and um I think the only thing I pray that I say God may i not be the kind of person that will betray someone else like like this i don't know if that would be possible but it's not a good feeling so so like i said it's not a good feeling and um you know, but then you also you know for me, I also realized that I, I i should be thankful, so yesterday I was referring to um Philippians chapter two as the scripture that inspired the song, but I now realize that it is actually a combination of that Philippians chapter two and hebrews um I think it's four fifteen where it says that Jesus is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, that he was tempted in all points as we are, and you know. Um, yet without saying that we do not have a high priest that cannot you know one that doesn't really understand what we've been through that he he really does um he underst- he really identifies with that and he knows and that sort of thing and um you know so that has been it, it, it's it's um it's just been a very it's just made me really really think about so deeply about my relationship with God, and I don't, you know, I've said this before in many places that I realize that I cannot do life without Jesus, without God anymore, and I don't even want to do life without God anymore. Because I think He's the only one that I can really, really, really trust. So Right now I, I don't know. The He's the reason that I'm leaving because his, I don't know. The, I, actually, I don't know whether it's me, but I just don't. I don't get pleasure out so of the things that used to give me pleasure before. They don't give me pleasure anymore. You know, they don't give me that kind. They don't give me pleasure. Let's just put it that way. And the only thing that makes life worth living for me is the zest and the passion that I get from God and the things of God and, and Christ and all that. And you may I don't know that may sound a little bit you know whatever, but for me. I don't know. There's just so much evil in the world, and I just don't. Is I don't. I just don't know. I think, I think what has happened to me is that maybe because of what I went through in the last two years, I have seen the dark side. It's almost like I've seen the dark side of the world, and that dark side was really dark. And I think a lot of people have seen it as well. Just that they, do, they may not know what it is. They may not know that it's from the devil. But I think a lot of people who really struggle on this earth. They've seen that dark side they just don't know how to they don't know that there's a way out they don't know that you don't have to give into it they don't know that you know there's a way of escaping christ so so that they get overwhelmed by it and they just want to get out and then they do whatever they can to get out of it but they they've, they've already seen that you know they've seen this world i mean <laughs> this place is is, is messed up so this royally messed up completely messed up It's just completely messed up. The kind of things that happen every day, the kind of things we read. And sometimes people say, it's because of social media. But even when you don't read social media. What happens in the lives of people? All that social media has done is just to bring it up to the surface and have a place where you can read it. But if you really get into conversations with people and you find out what happens in their lives or in the lives of their sisters or their brothers, in fact, in their own lives, many people that you know, that you think they're okay, you know they're doing well if they open their mouth and tell you what's going on in their lives what they've been through you will be stunned so it's a it's a, the only thing for me that makes life worth living this life oh, this life that we're in is that jesus came and he experienced the same world And, you know, many years, I used to wonder that why did he do that? Why did he really have to do that? Did God really have to send his son? Couldn't he just have saved us any other way? But I realized that so long as God had decided to preserve the earth in its fallen state and didn't destroy it 100%, he needed to have an experience of the earth in its fallen state so that he could then, in his divinity as God, make himself a willing sacrifice, have his blood be um, atoned for our own sin, and because he himself had no sin, rise again, offer that blood on our behalf, and then go back to heaven, open a way for us, for heaven to be able to have a legitimate and legal right to begin to manifest itself in the lives of people. So those of us who have put ourselves under the atonement of Christ, God has the authority to deal with us as though the sin of the garden of Eden never happened. Every other person, God doesn't have the right to do that. He can sometimes exercise his sovereignty, but he can't do it on a day-to-day basis. But in our lives, he can do it on a day-to-day basis. He can do it on a father and son basis. I can do it on the basis of blood. He can do it on the basis of covenant. You know, there's so many, there's no barrier. Everything, in fact, the only thing that restrains God in my life is me, is my will, my mindset, my understanding, my knowledge, my ignorance or whatever. My faith That's the only thing that limits God. But if I was to believe God and to read his word and, you know, really understand who he is and what he can be in my life, then there is no limit to what he can do. (coughs) Excuse me. So, you know, um, it's so for me right now, Christ is my pleasure. I mean, and that's not to say I don't. I mean, I still have the things I enjoy. Like I like watching Netflix. I like reading things. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. I like the work that I do um, I I like spending time with my family, you know, and things like that, and I like spending time with trusted friends, and, you know, I like watching Michael Jackson's old music videos, I like reading the Bible, you know, I still have those small pleasures, but the way, the hold that they had over my heart, all those things, apart from the Bible and God, it doesn't have that hold on me anymore, I... And I think again, like I said, it's the, ex- it's the experience of the last two years. It's like a veil was just, you know, torn away, and it's it's almost like, you know, how people say, "Oh, I have seen this and I can't unsee it." That's exactly how it is. So even though that experience has passed, it, it the the I can't the experience has what I saw. I can't unsee it. So I'm I'm not the same person anymore. I I don't see the world I, I see that. And I think apart from even what I have experienced, what I've also seen happen in the lives of so many people, the kind of pain, the kind of sorrow, the kind of evil. And in Nigeria i have really been going through it, you know. I mean, of course I can imagine what it must be like for people who've gone through who are going through the Ukraine war. But even in northern Nigeria, there are many people who are under attack. In fact, what makes ours worse in, in Nigeria is that No official war has been declared, whereas the trauma of war, in terms of the bloodshed, the killings, the attacks, the um, immunity, attacks without, you know, um, illegitimate governments taking over and, you know, and then failure of the state, everything that would happen in a war situation is happening in areas in Nigeria. But because nobody has formally declared a war, the country is not being treated like a war zone, whereas... Sections of the country are active war zoned, it's very very confusing even for those of us that are in the city because everyone is pretending as if Everything is okay. So you're like, are you guys okay? <laughs> this is you guys. Are you okay? And they're like, no, 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 you know, and it's, it's crazy And you can't even the people that are caught in the middle of the conflict are not allowed to talk about it If they go and talk about it, people come after them. Their lives are in danger It's just crazy and I don't know, am I the only one that is looking at this? It's crazy. It's really crazy. And I see this trend everywhere. Even on social media, in the UK and things like that. People will be attacking people. When they say the truth, if somebody say something against someone that is influential or they like, they come for that person, whether the person is saying the truth. In fact, especially when the person is saying the truth, that's when they come after them. People will be living their own lives. I mean, typical Prince Harry and, um, and Meghan case, you see people just coming at them you are coming at them and they are spewing lies upon lies upon lies upon lies you are claiming to know about i mean i can't imagine what it must be like for people to be reporting about my own life we're not reporting your life we're not reporting both our lives you are reporting my life and i'm telling you that this is the true side of the story and you're telling me that i'm a liar in my own on my own life i would prefer that we debate both our lives if we're debating both our lives then it's okay then you can call me a liar for the things that I said, then I will call you a liar for the things that you are saying. But both our lives have been impacted. But you are, are arguing with me over my own life. So, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And, and you see grown up men and women, old people, defending such nonsense. I'm like, am I in a twilight zone? This is not the world I was born into. So, men, it's not. In fact, thank God I'd had my children before all these things happened because. Looking at the world around me, I would I would think very I, I I would if I was this age, when I was having kids, I would think very seriously before bringing a child into that. This is not to discourage. I know I have a lot of young listeners, so this is not to discourage you at all. But I'm just saying, if you're when you raise a child now, I think you have to be much much more intentional than we were, you know, about protecting them about raising them in certain values and praying over them i mean we did those things but we didn't know that you know they're looking back now there are a lot of things we took for granted you know this about the schools we tried but you know there's just a lot of i still have regrets you know what i'm saying about some of the choices that we made concerning the children i wish we had known certain things like some children you know like we should have kept them in nigeria we shouldn't have you know Certain things shouldn't have happened, let's put it that way, you know. I And there were things I knew before, but later on, when you see everybody doing something, you now say, okay, maybe this is what you should do, you know. Um, keep those kids close as much as you can, and don't send them away until you've had enough time to put your values in them, and at least the values of God. And, you know, if you can do that 7 years, 14 years, up to age 17, 18, that's fine. If you can do it up to age 20, even better if you can do it up to university level like keep them close please do so you know what i'm saying so because they have the rest of their lives to really figure things out and there's just going to be a lot going on and i think now there's a greater need to sort of like be very clear about what you believe and let your child know this is what i believe and i'm not saying what i believe is what you should believe but this is what i believe and this is why you know that why i think so it's not just i believe this i believe this i believe this but the why of what we believe. I think we really need to intentionally share it. So I have some regrets in that area. I'm praying that the Lord will help me so that I can, you know, have the opportunity to still share some of these things as time presents myself. In fact, part of the reasons why I still do this podcast is that I sort of like have a dream whereby, okay, maybe my when I'm gone, you know, maybe my sons, my children would, you know, one day just stumble on this and be like, oh, I, I would like to hear mommy's voice. And then they hear something and then they, you know, something that I say then helps them. I also believe that my, I pray they will have grandchildren and that my grandchildren will also have the opportunity to know what their granny stood for, you know, and, you know, so this is really, in as much as it's a reflection, God is helping it for me in my life. I think it's also speaking to, I'm, in, I'm praying that after I am long gone, I have left this earth, my body has been rested in the soil of the earth in my beloved country, Nigeria, and my spirit has come back to the Father, that those who live in this world after me will be blessed by these words, both those who are, you know, born of my biological line and those who are not. That's my honest prayer, that this will be cross-generational and it will not just be for people born in my lifetime or people who are listening to it now. So, um, I hope I'm not sounding... (laughs) I hope I'm not sounding despondent. Like, don't get me wrong. I I I I know that I enjoy life. I enjoy a lot of things that I'm doing now. But I'm I'm also I, I I I don't belong here. You know, when the Bible says we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth, I get it. I so get it. When I look at all the people that God followed, you know, I mean that God, I say God for all people that followed God, like um Peter, Paul. You know, they, they were all strange people, if you look at it, really. They were people who, I mean, Paul didn't even get married, if you know what I'm saying. You know, Peter did, but he he, he was married before he met I mean, Jesus. But he, they, they went, they they were so caught up in the whole gospel and Christ thing, you know. Because, and, 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 and Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven as somebody, a merchant who found a very precious pearl. And that when he found it, he went and sold everything that he had just to get that pearl. So I think that's it, the way, I'm, the way I feel. I have found a precious pearl. And that pearl, to me, is so much, much better than all the costume jewelry that has been all around me before. And before, before I saw the pearl, I felt the costume jewelry was it and was lit and was the best thing to wear. But now, I have this pearl of inestimable value i can say that it's much better it's a much better quality of life it's a much better focus it's it's much better from a good place it's making me a better person a more loving person a more kind person a more focused person a more impactful person and a less selfish person so it's you know it's it's just and it's making me more at peace more fulfilled it's just giving me much more than i oh much more than all what i've ever wanted but never been able to get, and uh, but I I I have I I have a, a deep sense of sadness about the world and about the way things are in the world. I it really hurts me that it is this way, and you know even in my nation Nigeria we're going to elections next month, and we're like counting down the days, and I think we're about thirty one days, and as in literally Nigerians are counting down the days, I've never seen this kind of expectation for this election. And some people, honestly, depending on the outcome, some people may really hmm, may need medical attention because people are so emotionally invested in the outcome. I just say, just pray for us that the will of God will be done. God will glorify himself and that he will bring about a change that will deliver his people and that all of the bloodshed. In fact, there was a report that came out recently that Nigeria accounted for 86% of the Christian, uh, number of Christians that were killed all over the world. 80-something percent. So when I saw that data, I said, thank God, at least there's data. Because when we're saying it, because it's only happening in one part of Nigeria, it, they make us look as if we're, we're, we're talking, you know, what we're doing, we're just making a whole lot of noise. But And because Nigeria is so big, in the same country, there is a, a film industry, there is music, there's so many things going on in the southern part. So it makes the northern narrative look like, oh, it's just some small skirmishes. But when you then say, compared with every other place in the world, where Christianity and the preaching of the gospel or the, or the practice of the faith is, a, um, is forbidden, Nigeria, the country that I live in, accounted for over 80% of Christians killed for the reason of their faith. A reverend father was beheaded last week. It has become so frequent now, we don't even, it's not even news anymore. I think about the dozens of reverend fathers. They target Catholic priests because they believe that the Catholic Church is the is the head of all Christians in the world, just like you know, like Saudi Arabia is for you know their religion. So they target reverend fathers uh, more than you know other Christians, and then they target Christian communities generally. But seminaries where they're reverend fathers, yes, they target them like specially. And. Um, you know, he was buried a couple last week. So that's you know, it's so when you see all of that, and then, I mean, there was Deborah, the girl who was set ablaze last year by a mob because on charges of blasphemy, which is neither here nor there, and we saw a lot of people defending that as well. So there's just, so like I said, for me, I'm like, no, this is not my home. This is not my home this is i'm a traveler here i I don't belong in this planet and that's what the bible says the bible says we are both strangers and pilgrims on the earth and i think it's important for us as christians to get to that point when we can actually realize that we are just passing through because if you realize that you're passing through then you will not live a life that is i mean like i see a lot of like you know like some of my politicians in this country they're living as though they're going to live here forever and they're so they are, they are making they are doing things that will bind their souls to hell. there is no sense of legacy or no sense of the future or no sense of eternity. they are living as though look once I die I die nothing will happen I mean there's no accountability outside of here so they don't think there will be accountability in this world nor in the next. so they're just doing whatever they like they don't care so. It's, um, it's, it's a strange world. And, and somebody is living like that, and then people are even putting such a person on a ballot and still telling the rest of us that we should vote for such a person. Somebody that is clearly unsuitable. It's a twilight universe, I don't know. It's, I'm just like, no, 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 no. It's like, can somebody just wake me up? <laughs> where, where is the real world? It's crazy. It's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And I remember when I was working in my working life, I think that was when I started noticing this funny thing. Whereby we would call, they'll call us into meetings, and then you know your team leader will say, Oh, there's this problem in the team. Does anybody have anything to say? And everybody will keep quiet. And no one will say anything. And it will be so glaring what the problem is. And everybody will keep quiet. And if you speak, you now everybody will now look at you as if (coughs) so you have the guts to speak. And if you're not careful, even the people who you know agree with you, would disagree with you in that meeting. And at the end of the day, we leave the meeting and then we go back to our desk and we start complaining about exactly what was raised in the meeting. I couldn't understand it. Even the leaders who would come and ask, oh, what's going on? I want to get to the root of this. Meanwhile, it was glaring to everybody that what was going on. You know, I, I'm like, what kind of pretentious world are we in? I'm not here for this, I'm though' not, I'm not available. I'm, you know I, it's, um, I just don't think it's right. And I think there are many people who agree with me. So why I like why I'm a Christian is because the Bible explains to me that this is wrong, that you know the world the Bible talks about the world as a place that is corrupt, as a place where things do, are not done in the way that God intends. And he talks about his kingdom as a change, a, 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 a place of light where things will be done in a way that is right. And that his spirit gives us the ability to live according to dictates of that kingdom even on this earth. And that as he reveals himself in us, as he shows himself in us, he's then able to also reflect that power and the light in the light of others but what the bible, bible tells us not to accept this. the bible doesn't tell us to join if you can't beat them join them the bible doesn't tell the bible tells us that we should not be overcome by evil but that we should overcome evil with good and he shows us how to do it but what i like is that the bible shows us that this is not right false witness the, all this lying all this duplicity all this lack of transparency all this unethical conduct evil bloodshed machiavellian way of life the end justifies the name means living a life that is just focused on self um actualization self aggrandization self ambition the bible says this is not the way to live and he gives us an alternative through jesus christ so i am fully i am vested i am fully rested and vested and accepting of the testimony that god has put in his bible because honestly The world as I see it now is 100% messed up. And I think, even as much as we take scientific knowledge from the world, which of course we need for life, and the study of very reasoned men and women who have done great thoughts before us, I think when it comes to a belief point of view, we have to put our belief in what is eternal. Our faith systems, our value systems cannot rest in the values of the world because the world is messed up. And there's a word I'd rather use, but I can't use that on this podcast. But I need to use strong language for you to understand what I'm saying. The world is messed up. They are messed up. So take them for the scientific, medical, and technical knowledge, but for your value systems and your beliefs, stay with the Bible. I'll leave it at that. And um, thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.